Letter sixteen of Clarissa Harlow, Volume three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Clarissa Harlow, Volume three by Samuel Richardson. Chapter sixteen. Mr. Lovelace to John Belford, Esquire, Tuesday, April 13th. Why, Jack, thou needest not make such a wonderment as the girls say, if I should have taken large strides already towards reformation. For dost thou not see that while I have been so assiduously night and day pursuing this single charmer, I have infinitely less to answer for than otherwise I should have had. Let me see how many days and nights, uh, forty, I believe, after open trenches spent in the sap only, and never a mine sprung yet. By a moderate computation, a dozen kites might have fallen, while I have been only trying to ensnare this single lark nor yet do I see when I shall be able to bring her to my lure. More innocent days yet, therefore. But reformation for my stocking horse, I hope, will be sure, though a slow method to effect all my purposes. Then, Jack, thou wilt have a merit, too, in engaging my pen, since thy time would be otherwise worse employed. And, after all, who knows but by creating new habits at the expense of the old, a real reformation might be brought about. I have promised it, and I believe there is pleasure to be found in being good, reversing that of Nat Lee's madman, which none but good men know. By all this seest thou not how greatly preferable it is, on twenty accounts, to pursue a difficult rather than an easy chase? I have a desire to inculcate this pleasure upon thee, and to teach thee to fly at nobler game than draws crows and widgeons. I have a mind to show thee from time to time, in the course of the correspondence thou hast so earnestly wished me to begin on this illustrious occasion, that these exalted ladies may be abased, and to obviate one of the objections that thou madest to me when we were last together that the pleasure which attends these nobler aims remunerates not the pains they bring with them. Since like a paltry fellow as thou wert, thou assertest that all women are alike. Thou knowest nothing, Jack, of the delicacies of intrigue, nothing of the glory of outwitting the witty and the watchful, of the joys that fill the mind of the inventive and contriving genius ruminating which to use of the different webs that offer to him for the entanglement of a haughty charmer who in her day has given him unnumbered torments thou jack who like a dog at his ease contentest thyself to growl over a bone thrown out to thee dost not know the joys of a chase and in pursuing a winding game these i will endeavour to rouse thee to and then thou wilt have reason doubly and trebly to thank me, as well because of thy present delight as with regard to thy prospect beyond the moon. 
to this place i had written purely to amuse myself before i was admitted to my charmer but now i have to tell thee that i was quite right in my conjecture that she would set up for herself and dismiss me for she has declared in so many words that such was her resolution and why because to be plain with me the more she saw of me and of my ways the less she liked of either this cut me to the heart i did not cry indeed had i been a woman i should though and that most plentifully but i pulled out a white cambric handkerchief and i could command but not my tears she finds fault with my protestations with my professions with my vows i cannot curse a servant the only privilege a master is known by but but i am supposed to be a trooper i must not say by my soul nor as i hope to be saved why jack how particular this is would she not have me think i have a precious soul as well as she if she thinks my salvation hopeless what a devil another exceptional word does she propose to reform me for so i have not an ardent expression left me what can be done with a woman who is above flattery and despises all praise but that which flows from the approbation of her own heart well jack thou seest it is high time to change my measures i must run into the pious a little faster than i had designed what a sad thing it would be were i after all to lose her person as well as her opinion the only time that further acquaintance and no blow struck nor suspicion given ever lessened me in a lady's favour a cursed mortification tis certain i can have no pretence of holding her if she will go no such thing as force is to be used or so much hinted at lord send us safe to london that's all i have for it now and yet it must be the least part of my speech but why will this admirable creature urge her destiny why will she defy the power she is absolutely dependent upon why will she wish to my face that she had never left her father's house why will she deny me her company till she makes me lose my patience and lay myself open to her resentment and why when she is offended does she carry her indignation to the utmost length that a scornful beauty in the very height of her power and pride can go is it prudent thinkest thou in her circumstances to tell me repeatedly to tell me that she is every hour more and more dissatisfied with herself and me that i am not one who improve upon her in my conversation and address couldst thou jack bear this from a captive that she shall not be easy while she is with me that she knows better than to value herself upon my volubility that if i think she deserves the compliments i make her i may pride myself in those arts by which i have made a fool of so extraordinary a person that she shall never forgive herself for meeting me nor me for seducing her away her very words 
that her regrets increase instead of diminish that she will take care of herself and since her friends think it not worth while to pursue her she will be left to her own care that i shall make mrs sorling's house more agreeable by my absence and going to burke's to town or wherever i will to the devil i suppose with all her heart the impolitic charmer to a temper so vindictive as she thins mine to a free liver as she believes me to be who was in his power i was before as thou knowest balancing now this scale now that the heaviest i only waited to see how her will would work how mine would lead me on thou seest what bias here takes and wilt thou doubt that mine will be determined by it were not her faults before this numerous enough why will she put me upon looking back i will sit down to argue with myself by and by and thou shalt be acquainted with the result if thou didst but know if thou hadst but beheld what an abject slave she made me look like i had given myself high airs as she called them but they were airs that showed my love for her that showed i could not live out of her company but she took me down with a vengeance she made me look about me so much advantage had she over me such severe turns upon me by my soul jack i had hardly a word to say for myself i am ashamed to tell thee what a poor creature she made me look like but i could have told her something that would have humbled her pretty pride at an instant had she been in a proper place and proper company about her to such a place then and where she cannot fly me and then to see how my will works and what can be done with the amorous seesaw now humble now proud now expecting or demanding now submitting or acquiescing till i have tried resistance but these hints are at present enough i may further explain myself as i go along and as i confirm or recede in my future motions if she will revive past disobligations if she will but no no more as i said at present of threatenings. End of letter 16